Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 27th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well at Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube right now. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Okay, so what would you do to be completely debt free? A lot of Americans are living in the red. According to a new study, the average American has $54,000 worth of debt. So this is a staggering amount. And, I, you know, for many people, it is uh, obviously, a, you know, a college loan of, of some sort. I mean, there's a variety of ways people, uh, you know, accrue debt. And again, I guess you got to parse through this a little bit is like, does your... Does your house count as debt in this? I don't. I don't know if it does. According to the mortgage, yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, see that I call bullcrap on this because your house is should be. I mean, we're told by the state how the, the we should just smile at the rising property taxes because our homes are worth more. Well, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then you, you know that's not debt because it's backed up by some form of collateral. Now, your student loan would be debt, but things like a car loan or a house should be backed up by some form of collateral, although you are obligated to make the payments. Yeah. Well, this one is saying that people's biggest debt is their credit card, 57%, followed by mortgage and then car loan. And medical debt is another high one. And they say that 56% say they owe more for necessities rather than just nice-to-haves yeah. or things they want. These are actually things that they need to live. Yeah, and I come back to um, I come back to blaming the public education system in terms of refusing to make financial literacy a requirement in order to get a high school diploma. Absolutely. Agree. You you have people, I mean, I you know, I've taken a few weeks off, you know, as we prepare for the baby to be born, but working at that golf course and we talked about the encounters, you know, I have a lot of high school kids who I don't know, work under me is not the right word, but but I'm kind of in charge of them. And these conversations that I have with them, they're very bright kids. They clearly have very, you know, high IQs. They'll they'll get college degrees, but just no sense whatsoever of financial understanding their paycheck, taxes, any of it. And for many of them, the conversations they have with me are the first ones they've ever had about it. Right. It's somebody, amazing. Somebody's got to explain to it. Something about this poll that I completely, I I, I don't know. Okay. So the, they're saying that Americans, uh, the average American has $54,000 in debt. And the survey said that Americans would give up certain things to get out of that debt. And the things that they say Americans would give up I I actually want 
say 32% would give up social media for a year. Yeah. 31% would spend a night on a remote island. Uh-huh. And 29% would go a month without internet. Okay, first of all, a night on a remote island? Yes, please. Can I leave today? <laughs> Where are we going? I don't even need to pack a bag. I'll just take a, a bathing suit and a toothbrush. Well, isn't it also interesting, too, where it's like an either-or thing? You don't have to give up anything. I mean, you may have to give up some lifestyle choices in terms of your spending, but it's a lack of self-control. So much of what we talk about in the public sphere is a lack of self-control. And that is what financial discipline. Now, there are some things that are not that, like a medical debt. If you were to incur you know, a, a medical debt, that is you know, nobody's fault. But by and large, people who are in financial peril have put themselves have, have put themselves there. And I know many, many people who, when they put their mind to it and they put guardrails around themselves, were able to, in a very short period of time, get themselves out of tough financial situations because they were, it's just like diet or exercise or anything else. If you are absolutely willing to do it, you can absolutely do it. Okay, well, other people are saying, no, it's not their fault because of the rising cost of living and rising interest rates. That's nothing that they had control over. The federal spending of the government, they didn't decide that. So, I don't know. I mean, I I think, yes, you can put up guardrails and you can say, I'm doing the best I can, but when wages aren't increasing to keep up with inflation, there's only so much you can do. Casey, let's, but if you're incurring, and again, they're including home debt in this. So again, I don't know exactly the formula, but most people, if you included their home, would have way over $54,000 of of debt. So I don't know, I don't know the exact formula on this, but if you are a person who has, you know, what you would call a staggering or crippling amount of debt, one of the, when I worked, when I had the great displeasure of spending, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, eight or nine months in the state auditor's office. Do you know I work for three state auditors? Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in story hour at some point. <laughs> okay. We'll crescendo up to that. Um, one of the things I did while I was there in between auditors was um, I worked down in garnishments. And you would, you know, for those who don't know what garnishments are, is uh, if you if you worked for the state and you owed somebody money and there was a judgment or whatever against you, the state was responsible for taking that money out of your check, ensuring it went where it needed to go. And you would see, and I worked just very briefly down there. It wasn't some long period of time, but I would see people's financial issues. And I can't tell you, Casey, how many of them were related to student loan debt and getting degrees and spending money because you would see you know how much did they owe what you know what did they owe it for and it was how many people that owed money that they would never be able to get out from and there's no way it wasn't like well i went and got a four-year degree there's no way that it was just that there were other things associated with it and it comes back to just what a complete ripoff especially at the college level the public education system has become where people are getting degrees and they're making, you know, the degrees aren't producing the, the relevant amount of money to be able to pay, be even pay back your education. Yeah. Well, Biden's top economic advisor, her name is Anita Dunn. She says the American people have seen huge economic successes and <laughs> we're just now starting to feel them. 
You know, the American people have seen the huge successes. They're just starting to feel them, but they really need to understand why. Why is it that Joe Biden feels so strongly about transforming this economy so it works for the middle class? 16% of Americans say they're better off. Only 16% say they're better off financially since Biden has taken office. You know, I, 74% still saying that the country's on the wrong track. I I feel bad for young people because if you think about the people who are now in their mid-20s, basically as an adult, if you are 25 years and younger, you have never known a stable American economy mm. as an adult. I mean, you think about when COVID hit, so that would, you know, one, two, three, four. You're basically four years on or younger. You're in college. You know, for many people, they're a lead up. So as an adult with earning power and earning potential, you have never actually known a stable, reliable American economy. And those are just years. I mean, we're in a window now where it is a big portions of people's lives where they've never known that it is all entirely the fault of the government. Well, this economic advisor goes on to answer the question about his low approval ratings. And if people are doing so much (laughs) better financially, why does he have these horrible underwater in the can below 40 percent approval ratings? And this was her answer. Some would ask why it isn't translating into more support for Joe Biden. What you're seeing right now, Mika, is people are just starting to really feel the effects of these programs that got put in place the first two years of Joe Biden's presidency. He had a truly historic rate of success when it comes to major economic programs that are building the foundation and the infrastructure for America to lead the world, not just in innovation, but in manufacturing, in the number of jobs we've created, in exports again. People are starting to feel that now. So throwing money at things <laughs> without seeing results is not success. It, it's really good, Casey. You just don't know it's really good. Yeah, you it, haven't had time to feel the effects of my goodness yet. It's ramping up still. 